Hi, and welcome to Episode 6 of Beyond Cancer, a podcast from Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. I'm Michael Buller, and in this episode, we explore how cancer survivors navigate the transition from treatment to off-treatment and some of the challenges that transition creates. We're here with Julie Mizrahi and Amy Atwood. Thanks, guys, for coming in today. Thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank you. And Amy, if you could share maybe a little bit about your diagnosis, how you got to where you are, and, and where you are. Sure, happy to. Thank you for having me, and I'd love having this conversation. Um, I was first diagnosed back in March 2012, and I had found a lump during a self-check and within a week I was informed that I had invasive ductal carcinoma and as soon as they told me that they I was told that we would have to do surgery as soon as possible got everything ready in April 2012 I had the surgery I had a double mastectomy and at that point it was don't worry, you know, it really looks like it'll all be fine and that will be the end of your treatment. So mm -hmm. I was expecting not to lose my hair <laughs> or um, at losing anything except for my breasts. And at that point, when I woke up from surgery, I was informed that it had started to travel to my lymph nodes. And then my oncotype score came back and it was, well, we just want to do 12 weeks of chemo, and then we should be good. So I got myself ready in that frame of mind. That's all it's going to be. And then as soon as we got into that, it was, well, we just want to do 12 more weeks of chemo. Wow. So got myself into that frame of mind. And then as the chemo started to end, it was, well, we really want you to talk to the radiation folks. And so then it was six weeks of radiation. And because of all of that, it put off my reconstructive surgery. And so each time it was, people were like, you should celebrate, you know, the <laughs> end of chemo, this yeah. is great. And for me, it was, no, it's, this is just like a pause before the next round right. or the next thing. And it turned out to be, um, I didn't have my reconstructive surgery until December 2013. And then it was, okay, well, that surgery is done, but now I have to wait for that to heal to get the 3D nipple tattoos, which right. was like kind of the final <laughs> thing. So each time it was people, let's celebrate, this is great, but I never felt it was done. And even now, it will never be done. As we all know, right. anybody who's been diagnosed with cancer, you think that you're doing everything you can so that you're just done with it, but there is no being done with it. I'm on tamoxifen for approximately 10 years, depending what the yeah. um, recommendation is over the next several years, and then there's always that chance of recurrence. So Julie, can you tell us a little bit about your diagnosis? Yeah, so I'm 26 years old. I was diagnosed a year and a half ago with breast cancer. Uh, my primary care doctor felt a lump on my breast that I'd actually felt a year before that, but I'd kind of just brushed it off and forgot about it. Um, and so she had me get it checked out, and the biopsy came back as DCIS, which is considered like stage zero or pre-cancer. Um, so I ended up having surgery on my left breast. And then the tissue they took out, they ran a pathology 
for that, and it showed that this was definitely not just precancer. There were several spots of invasion, and it had started to go to my lymph nodes. So I had to have 20 weeks of chemo and six weeks of radiation. And I finished um, radiation a year ago, almost to the date. And um, a couple months ago, I actually had an MRI that showed, you know, no cancers left. So I'm hesitant to use the word term cancer-free, but I feel like that's what I am. Um, but yeah, I feel great. I have longer hair. I have, or I guess I just have hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was really active during it all. I played soccer and did CrossFit and still do those things as well. That's great. Ever since I swore that I would never again say that I'm having a bad hair day. Right, when people I, used to say that to me sometimes, and I was even bald, I'm like, all right, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come exactly, on. I would, I, at first when I was diagnosed, well, when I, after chemo, I was determined to have fun with it. So I had all of these different wigs, a short blonde hair wig, long mm -hmm. red hair wig, brown hair, all different. And then after about two weeks of that and hating wearing a wig, I just went bald everywhere. But I would be on the tee and I would look at women whose hair was like just completely disheveled. And I'd be like, wow, they are so lucky to have that hair. That is so <laughs> awesome. I have a very different cancer. It's follicular lymphoma, which is a non-Hodgkin lymphoma, which is a chronic disease. So even when I'm cancer-free or no evidence of disease, it's it's inevitable that it returns. It's just a question of when and sort of yeah. how you do it. So I didn't do treatment, and then I did treatment after about a year and a half, and then I did six months of chemo. And on you know, the last chemo, they kind of brought out this little cake, and you know, and congratulations, some little thing mm -hmm. of apple cider. Because it wasn't, I guess, be bad to give you actual real alcohol. <laughs> um, but um, it was this weird setting because my kids came, so I wanted them to see one chemo, and I, just to kind of see what the process was, that it wasn't scary and everything like that. Um, and they're just playing their video games, they could care less. But it, it kind of felt like sh we should celebrate, but we shouldn't celebrate because I'm thinking, we don't know. It's yeah. like, it's, I don't know it's going to come back on one hand. And on the other hand, I'm thinking, well, well I'm not sure what I'm celebrating. What did I do? Um, <laughs> you know, I just, yeah. I, I mean, I had treatment. I was always expecting that the treatment was going to work. So I have on this one hand that, like, it's nothing big, it's nothing to celebrate. And the other thing is I don't want to jinx it because I don't want to celebrate too early. Um, and I don't know if you guys felt any of that conflict when you were finishing up. Oh, tons of conflict. <laughs> I think that is one of the biggest things is people think you can go back to your normal life. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like the day that I had my surgery, I, or really the day that I was diagnosed, that I said goodbye to that person. And I have not been the same person since mm. my cancer diagnosis. And Do you, are, you, are you doing that, is that conscious? Are you trying to be? No. You're trying to be no, the different? I, I wished I could be me again. Yeah. And that was, I craved the old yeah. me. But I'm, I don't know if it's I'm jaded or I know too much or it's, that always lurking in the back of your head that it could come back, right. that on guard. Um, but I know that I'm a very different person than yeah. before. And so part of it was that mourning mm -hmm. of your old self. But then it was also, I, I went back over some of my old blog entries to prep for this. And yeah. I was 
looking at the ones when I finished different portions of treatment. And I had posted how, you know, I didn't want to celebrate and, you know, how frustrated I was. And one of my friends who also um, had lymphoma, um, she posted that even after, when she was leaving Dana-Farber after being there for three months, and she finally got to go home, she was scared to death to leave, yeah. that that's where the people were that saved you. And that was so true because finishing treatment, you feel alone and you feel lost. I wrote in my blog about how I had gotten really good about being the cancer girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> I knew how to do that, Yeah, but to then kind of go back into the world and not have to go to treatment, not have that strict schedule, not have the doctor constantly checking me. Right. Um, I, I am envious of the fact that you had an MRI because mm -hmm. I have never had any imaging done since. And they said, you know, we might see things that, you know, would cause undue concern. And <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just, it, I do wonder, you know, is there something lurking in there? Yeah. yeah, I can totally relate to wanting to feel like yourself before cancer. I, you know, I loved my hair. I loved um, how I felt and just, yeah, it's kind of a new self I'm trying to get used to. You know, I have scars now, I had surgery. Um, I'm on tamoxifen as well, which basically puts me in menopause age 26, which is not ideal and it comes with its own set of challenges. Um, but I, I kind of am a little different with when I finished chemo, it was a really big celebration and I was really excited. Um, There's two other girls who finished chemo around the same time as me and so we had this huge little party in the yeah, chemo room great. and cake and balloons and um, it was great to be there for them and they were there for me through it all. And then after it's kind of like, yeah, now, now what? <laughs> yeah. um, I still see my doctor for every three months. I go in every month for a shot, part of like my hormonal treatment. So I do still see the doctor a lot. And um, I think that I still have, feel like I have that safety net because I'm able to even email with my doctor, but I can see how if it was a big difference from going through treatment and, right. and then after. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting, you know, because I I have I do that every three months too, um, and mm -hmm. it's like I I find myself like as I get closer, it's like looking forward to the appointment because it's it's this validation that you know every, yeah. I just want somebody to say yeah you're fine, uh, even though I feel fine. So I I've never had symptoms other than a small lump on my neck which was barely noticeable. It's like is this something? Nah, it's nothing. But just not having those checkups and not having the that that validation was 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 a you know, scary, just because I knew when I was in treatment every month I would see somebody, um, you know, and, and they would follow up. And so there were, I was always in constant communication. And now it's, then it went to six months and now I'm back to three months. But, um, you know, for six months was a long time to go without seeing someone. Right. That's what I've gra just graduated to six yeah. months. Oh, really? And it is, it's, yeah. it's nerve wracking yeah. with that amount of time. But I do know, you know, my doctor does email, text, yeah. whatever. Right. So I know I have that if I need it, but. Yeah. You know, and then I, I want to get back to, so you both were talking about sort of the pre, your, your, your pre-cancer self. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, one of the things that I find is, you know, there's some, there'll be just some mornings when I just kind of wake up and I'm like, I try and remember back when I didn't have cancer and just what I thought. 
you know, and it almost feels almost this tangible burden that you can feel thinking about the fact that you have a cancer. Knock on wood, it all, it's, you know, we all stay in, in great shape and, and never have to worry about it um, too much. But it's always there, and, and I find it, I have a hard time just even remembering uh, what it was like. It was definitely a simpler time. Yeah. Things mm -hmm. that bothered me then definitely don't bother me now. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, life was just so different. I, I want to say life's a lot more meaningful now. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the things I do now, I definitely don't take for granted. Like, I think I did take them a little bit for granted before. It is hard to remember, even though I, I can picture it slightly, because it is a lot more recent than you. Yeah. It's actually pictures that do it for me. Oh, yeah. When, when I see a picture, especially because I was diagnosed just after my 38th birthday, mm -hmm. I see the pictures of me and my girlfriends, and I'll, like, start to cry, um, at my 38th birthday. And we were so carefree. Yeah. And it was a month later that I found the lump. Yeah. And I just, I look at it and say, you know, I wish I was that person again. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your, like your friends and sort of that, um, how, how that was, because your family was across the country yeah. for the most part. And so mm -hmm. they all came hard. and they all sort of rallied here. And then did you kind of feel like all that support was sort of, not meanly pulled away, but they just kind of felt like, okay, that I have, I, I can pull away a little bit now because she's okay. Right. I definitely felt that, but um, I've been thinking about this kind of a lot the past couple of weeks. I think I'm okay with the fact that you know I do have less support now because I think during when everyone's just like messaging you, sending you gifts, it's really nice, but just reminds you that you're sick and yeah. that something's different. Um, so I don't mind that people have pulled back a little. Um, I mean, my family visits less, which I wish they would visit more, but <laughs> um, they definitely all visited during chemo, and that was great. And I was telling you before, my dad even moved his wedding to Boston, wow. yeah. so I didn't have to travel um, during chemo, which was amazing. Um, but I'm okay with the fact that people have pulled back. Um, I think that I need, to, I need to get on my own two feet and do things for myself, so I don't need as much help as I did during. How about you, Amy? I have to say that there, well, yes, there was a huge outpouring of uh, emails, and especially because I blogged through the entire experience, I had so many comments and mm -hmm. um, and posts on my blog. Um, that yes, of course, there there was a huge increase then, but I feel like my core support team are still my core support yep. team just because they're like my family and my friends for life so i'm not it hasn't been a huge void at right. all yeah and it, it's it's that double-edged sword you kind of like what you're saying julie you kind of you kind of want it to go away because it's it's yeah. it kind of helps you return to a more normal non yeah a part of your life when cancer isn't consuming your identity but at the same time it's nice to have that that support there well, it's really interesting because that whole, you know, not wanting to, getting to that place where you don't have to think about cancer every single yeah. day. Um, but then there's us who work in the field of oncology. Right. And I, I thought long and hard about whether I wanted to continue working um, in oncology after 
I completely finished mm -hmm. treatment. And I felt, because on one hand it was, okay, so I'm gonna really have to continue to think about cancer every single day. Exactly. Um, but what made me do it and, and makes me want to go to work every day is knowing that I can be helping other people and that I can be helping other, other patients deal with their cancers. I think the word survivor, I'm learning to embrace more, especially because I've gotten more into the survivor community. Um, I've been a part of like a group called First Ascents, which is with young cancer survivors doing outdoor adventure type trips. And, and so just meeting other people who definitely do call themselves survivors and um, right. just give me like a better, you know, taste in my mouth saying the word survivor, because I'm like, they can do it, you know, like, um, I feel like I can say that. I do think it's hard to, as I mentioned before, it's hard to celebrate there being an end of something because I don't think that you ever really feel like there's an end. There's not gonna be the point in time when you're never going to have to go back to your doctor. You're on medication for X number of years. I was even thinking how the other day how I have to remember to eventually make the appointment to switch out um, the implants yeah. because even that you have to do periodically. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it is a never ending saga whether the cancer actually comes back. And I think that's why, so on my last day of treatment, I walked into the healing garden here at Dana-Farber and I just cried my eyes out. And it was like through, I hardly cried throughout the whole journey yeah. to that yeah. point. But it was that supposedly being done and that knowing that I wasn't going to come back here day after day because at that point it was finishing radiation and yeah. that being scared of what was to come. And I think a little, as I mentioned before, that whole morning who I was before. Yeah. So do you have any, any secrets or how, how, how do you manage that, that, you know, anxiety and that, and that, you know, the lack of the safety net of, of being here or being, um, you know, seeing your, your doctors on a more regular basis? I think it really goes back to what Julie had said before of that embracing life and looking at things differently. I am thankful for every single day that I have that I get to wake up and I get to go to work and I get to yeah. do things and see my family and see my friends and see my boyfriend. And you know, it, I, people get lectures from me when <laughs> they have a birthday and they're, it's my birthday and grouchy and don't wanna <laughs> celebrate that. And that's when I lecture them and say, no, 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 you have to be so thankful that you are lucky enough to have another birthday. Mm. And, and it definitely, you know, jolts them a little bit and wakes them up that, you know, it's, we can't take that for granted. We have to be thankful for it. And I think that just by embracing life and doing what I can every day, 
that just keeps it in the back of my mind at least. I would definitely agree with all of that. And I think since you don't have your doctors there as much, like being your own doctor, like being aware of body changes or, um, you know, doing breast exams on yourself. I still have, you know, a, a real breast, so I still have to do that. And, um, and I think also getting those things checked out. So if you have, you, like for me, I had a really low heart rate a couple of months ago when we were like, is that because I'm a good athlete or is that because uh, the chemo, you know, affected my heart? And so I went to a cardiologist and I got yeah. it checked out and everything was fine. But it's okay to, you know, see those doctors still. And, mm -hmm. and if you notice a change, don't just brush it away because it could be something. I think the other is talking to other people. Yeah. When I finished treatment, um, well, actually even before, through, all throughout, um, I believe it's Julie Salinger is the social worker yep. here at Dana-Farber and she was always popping in and saying, you know, if you ever want to talk, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not one for talking <laughs> that much, at least not about me. Yep. And um, even though I'll blog about it for some reason. <laughs> um, but after treatment was when I entered, there's a I believe it's six-week survivorship program that they offer here and it's run by Julie or at least it was back in 2012 13 when I went through it but it was wonderful it was almost like a group therapy session and each week it focused on different topics about survivorship and it was really really helpful just to hear other people's stories and talk in that manner yep. so while I didn't want to go to individual counseling or anything like that having that small group therapy was really nice and helpful yeah and I would say if someone's diagnosed um, young uh, like in their 20s definitely reach out to the social worker because that's how um, I got in touch with two other girls my age who are going through the same thing and we're still really close yeah. um, And so it's been it was great to have we had chemo in the same room sometimes because they were going through like remodeling So it just happened that you had to share a room. And we're like, okay, that's fine yeah. <laughs> um, So I would say try to find people your own age because it's a little different when you have cancer in your 20s I'd say than after kids and um, you know, Things like that. Yeah, absolutely great tips and I, I actually highly uh, recommend you know finding whatever is the right um, therapeutic approach mental therapeutic approach whether it's friends whether it's a group therapy individual therapy um, different things work for, for different people but having some form is I think really helpful and, at least and, it has and writing me. too yeah I exactly. have to say I mean that is why I blogged throughout my entire experience right was because yeah. that was just another form of therapy I want you guys to think, if you can, just for a minute about, um, like, if you if you were talking to another um, uh, patient survivor right now who is just finishing up treatment ends and preparing to make that transition from in treatment to out of treatment, if you can give them some advice, what would you say to them? First, I'd say hair growth is not fast, <laughs> so be patient with your hair. This is only like a year. <laughs> it looks fabulous. Oh, thank yeah. you. Um, and then I'd say, yeah, real, I think realizing that it's not over, they probably do realize that, um, and just ease back into things slowly. Like you're not gonna return to your old self right away or even a year from then. Um, so just get back into the swing of things. 
Um, and, you know, I think also just processing what had happened to you, because I think while you're going through it, you do, it, you have a different perspective than after. So I would continue blogging or whatever you did during, like continue doing that thing that helped you um, go through treatment. What about you, Amy? I would say to that person that believe it or not, there is going to come a day when you wake up and cancer is not the first thing that you think about. And it seems right as you're coming out of treatment that that will never happen. But there will be moments when you forget that you had cancer. And yeah, you will slowly <laughs> move on and become that new you. And also don't try to be you know, your old self. Like you're a new person, you're a better, stronger person. So accept this new you and embrace it. Um, Cause I think that this new person's amazing. That's gonna wrap this episode of Beyond Cancer. I wanna thank my guests today, Julie Mizrahi and Amy Atwood. If you'd like to download this episode or listen to any other episodes from our first season of Beyond Cancer, you can do that at danafarber.org slash podcasts. Or you can download it on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. We'll be back in early 2017 with Season 2. This is Michael Buller. Thanks for listening.